The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Wednesday, August 5th. Football's happening at some point. And uh, you know what? Some teams that made the playoffs might not make the playoffs, even in John Breach's crazy scheduling scenario. Make sure and check out that podcast from Tuesday. Breach broke down his, like, it's, it's, uh, the short version is that they would have 12 teams from each conference make the playoffs. You would only play 12 games for the entire season, uh, a bunch of divisional games, uh, bu- and, and like multiple bye weeks and then a loser's bracket to get the number one seed and crazy playoff implications. But th- the point being is you should go read the story on cbsports.com. John did a great job with it. I don't like to compliment Breach because he, uh, showed up at CBS and basically took all my traffic. But you know what? He's good at his job. So check that out. Uh, we will talk about teams that will miss the playoffs this, uh, this year, team predicting teams who will miss the playoffs. Um, and then we will look at teams who missed the playoffs last year who might make the playoffs. This is a series that I've done every single year since I've been at CBS. And then for inexplicably, they took it away from you. Uh, by the way, you want a free TV? Yeah, you do. To celebrate fantasy football draft season, our friends over at the Fantasy Football Today podcast are giving away a 75-inch and 55-inch TV. That's right. Two free televisions, and Adam Azer will come to your house and use multiple stepladders to hang them on your wall because he's too short to actually hang a normal television, but even like even just on the wall. like He's just too small to do it. But he will bring a stepladder, and he will hang it for you if you win. To get Azer at your house with a giant 75-inch or 55-inch TV, go to cbssports.com slash giveaway. The link, if you're really lazy and don't know how to spell giveaway and or don't know how to spell giveaway, the link is in the description of this podcast. Go get yourself a free TV. Um, I'm assuming I'm not eligible, and, Dad, if you're listening, you're probably not eligible either, and neither is... Josh Edwards, who joins us now. What's up, buddy? Not too much. So I interviewed uh, Patrick Mahomes' agent not long ago, and he was talking about – Humble brag? Okay. Lee well, Lee, you know – Lee Steinberger or, Steinberg or one of the other guys? It was, it was Chris Cabot, so one of okay, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. his colleagues. Um, but he was talking about – I, well, I, mean, I think what happened was is like Lee is the obviously the face of what's going on, but Chris Cabot is the guy doing right, – grinding right. on the work. Right. And like, you know, he's the up and coming guy that sort of came up underneath Lee and yada, yada, yada. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So he was talking that, uh, he used one of Lee's principles to come up with this deal. So he, um, had the end goal in mind and then he worked his way backwards through the negotiations to kind of get where they wanted to go. And I feel like that's what Breach did with his schedule concoction as well. Because to me, it sure seemed like the, be- the Bengals benefited the most from that theory that he had, because first of all, it sounds like they're going to go to the playoffs. And then this young team comes together in this three game draft tournament. And uh, suddenly they have the number one overall pick again. So uh, I'm on to breach what he's trying to do. It's it's, 
he's trying to get the Bengals into another, another number one overall selection. Yeah, it's, it's what he's trying to do. He's, he figures that the Bengals can either win the number one overall selection or make the playoffs. And either way is a win for him. He gets to be like, I told you the Bengals would make the playoffs or they add another number one pick and, uh, and, and trade and trade for it. So the Bengals might be a team that can make the playoffs. But before we get to that, Rashad Bateman has opted out of the 2020 college football season. He is a Minnesota wide receiver who is well regarded. Where does he rank, Josh, in terms of who's the other guy from Minnesota last year? Tyler Johnson? Tyler Johnson, yeah, with yeah. the Buccaneers now. Is where is, is Bateman's better than Johnson though, right? Yeah. Tyler Johnson was kind of a polarizing figure. Some people valued him a little bit more highly than others, but I think Bateman has a much higher ceiling. Okay. Um, what, uh, what do you think about Bateman opting out and how much of this do you think we'll see moving forward? You, you obviously covered the draft and do a great job with it. Um, what does this do? I guess there's a, a bunch of questions here. So I'll just kind of throw a couple out and let you answer them. Yeah. What do you think this means for college football? What does it mean for Minnesota? What does it mean for his draft stock? Like sort of big picture kind of stuff. Well, Minnesota was expecting to have a pretty good team this year. I mean, they exceeded expectations last year with with P.J. Fleck, and, you know, I think they were poised to do that again this year. So this is certainly a big loss. You know, you talked about losing Tyler Johnson already, so you you had to replace a big part of your offense, and now you have to replace another big part of the offense, you know, a month before the season starts. So it's going to be a big transition for them. I think Chris Ottman-Bell – um, Brevin Spann, those guys are going to get a lot more targets in that offense. But um, P.J. Fleck, I mean, he he has done more with that team than anyone would have expected. Uh, so I think they're going to be able to bounce back. I still expect them to have a good year. Their offensive line is good. Their quarterback is savvy. He's tough. Um, so I think they're still going to have a good season. Okay. As for what it means for college football, I mean, this is the second kind of big-name player to opt out um, and choose to – prepare for the draft rather than putting your body in harm's way, um, you know, through the course of a season, potentially getting the coronavirus. So it's going to be interesting to see if, if more players opt to go this route. Uh, we've seen AAU players, you know, high school basketball players choose to go to the G league a little bit more. So it's becoming more popular. I'm wondering if maybe some of these leagues shorten the amount of time it takes them to make it to the professional leagues. Um, but from a draft perspective, this guy's a potential first-round pick. He had 60 receptions last year, 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, a real natural player after he gets the ball in his hands. Um, he plucks it out of the air. He's got soft hands, uh, plants hard, cuts hard. I mean, this is this is a first-round caliber player, and it's another deep class of wide receivers. I mean, fans are, are very aware of the talent that came out in the 20, 2020 draft, um, but this is going to be another deep class. You've obviously got Jamar Chase from LSU at the top. Uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle from Alabama. Um, and then I think Rashad Bateman falls into that second group of, of probably late first round, early second round type players. Okay. So the big takeaways are that we will probably see a lot of players leave for the pros. If you're a first round pick right now and you got good film, so I mean, I don't know why you would go back because you, you, I mean, you're not going to, I mean, unless you think that you're just going to ball out for 12 games and there's going to be 12 games, there's going to be a season. I mean, like get healthy, train for the draft. Don't, I mean, just don't get hurt. Cause you, I, I just feel like if you're a lock for the first round or, you, or like you're a, a consensus first round pick going back for a year like this 
doesn't make a ton of sense, but we'll see what happens. I, I'm fascinated to see uh, how things go down in Clemson. I'm sure that all even Carolina will bring everybody back and win the ACC or something because Mac is back, whatever. Uh, anyway, that covers enough college football. Clearly, I'm in a good mood today. Playoff teams from 2019 that will miss the playoffs. Obviously, this is a little bit tougher, Josh, in 2020 because, hey, we don't know if there's going to be a season. But we, we think there will be, uh, and we hope to, there will be. We're all rooting for it. And nobody is rooting against football. And, B, they expanded the playoffs. It makes it a lot more difficult to to pick four playoff teams uh, who will miss the playoff, four teams who will miss the playoffs when there are more playoff spots. That's just sort of the inherent nature of it. Last year's playoff teams. Um, look, let's uh, let's take the Ravens and the Chiefs off the table. Nobody's going to pick them and miss the playoffs. I tried to get cute with the Chiefs a few years ago. It's stupid. Andy Reid just makes the playoffs. They're the best team in football. And barring Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes getting hurt, I can't imagine those two teams will miss. The Patriots, Texans, Bills, and Titans all made the playoffs last year in the AFC as well. And then the NFC, the 49ers, Packers, Saints, Eagles, Seahawks, and Vikings. So, get to dive in on a team from the NFC who you think could miss the playoffs. Who would you be looking at? Well, first of all, first of all, I'm going to opt out of responsibility for each of these picks because uh, <laughs> it is a it is a coronavirus altered season. So um, injuries, coronavirus, you know, all this stuff can kind of make a difference on what we see this season, not only from players, but coaching as well. Uh, but when I look at the NFC, I look at the Seahawks, um, a team that went 10 and two in one score games last season. I mean, that's not sustainable. That's generally not going to be the case. So you're already looking at, you know, closer to 500 football. Um, and that's going to take a toll on, on your win total, even in an expanded NFL uh, playoff type scenario. But 10 and 2 in one score games, um, very run heavy. They still have offensive line issues. So, you know, I don't see this team being a lock to return. You've got the 49ers in your division, you've got the Cardinals in your division, uh, you've got the Rams who, you know, they, they regressed last season. They were a they bit still went nine and seven. Like we crap all over the Rams all the time for being terrible. And they, like they've never gone worse than nine and seven under Sean McVay. Conversely, the Seahawks have never gone worse than nine and seven with Russell Wilson there. So, you know, do that with No, you. that's, that's exactly right. We, you know, we talk about it being a disappointment because that team has such, such high expectations. Um, and typically high expectations don't go away immediately especially when you have faith in uh, a head coach like Sean McVay, like, uh, you know, the, the de- departed Sean Wagner McGuff has. Um, so guys, this guy can't stop getting mentioned on this podcast. We got Debo, you know what we should do? Oh, I thought you were just going to follow there. I was muted, but yeah, I, thought you were I didn't just... know that was weird. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my fault. What will we do? Will? what should we do? <laughs> we got to start bleeping out Sean's name. Like, I know that's extra work for you, but it'd be fun to, because we're going to mention him a couple times from now and then like the next few weeks, but like, like anytime anybody says like Sean, it's like it just gets bleeped out. Is is that is that doable? That's reasonable. That if it's a if it's a manageable amount, I, I hope it's not double digit times per episode. Josh was talking. No, 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 we're not gonna be like Sean, 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 yeah. Sean, Sean, Sean. You know, I mean, Sean and, or uh, Josh and I. There I go again. Uh, Josh and I were talking before you hopped on. Just every Bears game, I, I find it hard to believe you won't bring up Sean. When we're, I know, but that would be great. Then we just bleep him out every time. So it's like he, he who, he, in the, he who cannot be mentioned. Isn't that some Star Wars thing or like a Game of Thrones thing? Or is that, uh, is that the Harry hop? Potter? Ah, I'm sure, I'm sure beep loves Harry Potter too. Uh, anyway, so, so get back. As you were saying about the Seahawks. 
Yeah, so, you know, tough division, their record in one-score games, that makes it difficult for them to repeat the kind of performance last year, even though they came very close uh, to winning that division. I mean, that ultimately, you know, really impacted their playoff implications because that play on the one-yard line against the 49ers, that could have swung things immensely. I mean, if they had had a home field advantage, who knows what would have happened uh, for the Seahawks in the playoffs, but... Uh, their defense. I mean, they don't have much of a pass rush either. Uh, you lose Quentin Jefferson in free agency. He went to the Bills. Uh, one of the better pressure imposing defensive linemen in the league. Uh, and then no Jadavian Clowney, who, despite his lack of sack numbers, has an ability to alter football games. And I think that's a little bit too much pressure to put on a guy like Bruce Irvin, uh, who is a traveled veteran making his, his return to Seattle or LJ Collier, who, you know, was a bit disappointing as a first round pick a year ago. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's the, it comes down to this. Uh, I don't have any interest in betting against Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll with an expanded playoffs. However, the profile of this Seahawks team, I agree with you completely. It looks like a team that should regress. They, their point, their expected win total from last year was 8.2 wins. They won 11 wins. I mean, that is, that's, uh, uh, it's a lot more than they should have won. And that's based on their point differential, you know, they beat the Bengals in week one by a single point. They beat the Steelers in week two without Big Ben, who left midway through the game, uh, by, by two points. You know, they, they, you point out the one score games. I mean, it's crazy and I get it. Like, you know, a bunch of them were divisional games. You know, they, they lost to the 49ers, uh, what by, or what was the difference of the a total of, um, minus two points against the two games of the 49ers. Like those are close games. The Rams, uh, they had a, you know, one really close game that they played against the Rams that they stole uh, because of that missed field goal that you mentioned. I mean, they just lived on the edge. And in the NFL, as good as your quarterback might be, it is really hard to live on the edge because you were talking about a game that is predicated on randomness and chance and turnovers and fumbles. Fumbles are not – recovering fumbles is not a skill. It's luck. Um, now you can point out that it's a lot of times very lucky. Uh, uh, th- there can be guys who are skilled clutch and late, skilled in, in being clutch and skilled in, uh, playing well late in games. And, and Russell Wilson certainly is one of those guys. I mean, he had four fourth quarter comebacks last year and five game winning drives that didn't lead the NFL in either one, but it's very, very impressive. I think my thing with the Seahawks is that they, if they try to approach this season the same way that they approached last season, which is to run the ball and play defense and try and, like, if they would flip the way they approach the games and come out and be like, all right, Russ, you're going guns blazing early, and we're going to run no huddle, we're going to act like we're down 10 points in the fourth quarter, they would score a lot of points and then could run the ball and play defense in the second half. And if they were, if I knew that they were going to do that, and if I knew friend of the program, Brian Schottenheimer, was going to do that, I would love the Seahawks this year. In fact, I'm wearing, coincidentally, a Pete Carroll pimp shirt from our f- friends at breaking tea uh you know the gif i'm wearing a gif on a t-shirt um you can see it on youtube.com slash pick six if i knew that they were going to flip their script and do that i would i would think i would pick bet on the seahawks to win the division but josh i agree with you because of that i i'm concerned that they could potentially miss the playoffs in a very difficult division uh the other team that i would take out of this list when looking at the nfc and i actually think there's a lot of teams like i don't think it would be shocking if the eagles missed the playoffs Right? I mean, Diva's little box lit up. You can't see it on YouTube, but what, what it, are you it would not be shocking. It wouldn't be weird. I mean, it wouldn't be weird if one NFC East team made the playoffs and it was the Cowboys or 
It would be weird if it was the Giants or the Redskins, I guess, but the Washington football eight club. And eight, what's that? The Washington football club. I don't want to have to bleep oh, multiple things in this uh, podcast. That's right. I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to do that for a year. Like they, you can't change it to Washington football club and expect me to do that. It's ridiculous. Um, come up with a new name. So I, I don't, I wouldn't want to bet against the 49ers or the Saints. I think those are the two teams that are sort of in Ravens and Chiefs, ter- not quite in Ravens and Chiefs territory, but I think they'll be very good and I, I wouldn't pick against them. Um, the Packers and the Vikings. I think that's, you know, if I'm, if I'm scraping for teams to miss the playoffs who made it last year, I'm looking at those two teams and specifically with the Packers because they were, if the Seahawks were the biggest luck box in the NFL last year, the Packers were the second biggest and it might be flipped. I mean, they, they lived in one score games. Um, you know, their point differential, uh, profiled a 9.7 win team and they went 13 and three. You know, they late in the season we saw them beat the Redskins by five points at home. God, the Washington Football Club. There were the Redskins in there. The Washington Football Club by five points. You know, they squeaked by the Bears. Um, they squeaked by the Lions in Week 17 with so much on the line. They beat the Lions in Week Six in that BS game that the refs handed to them. Um, I was just trying to think what the other. Uh, you know, they they squeaked by the Vikings early on. It. I just don't know. I don't know that I buy that Aaron Rodgers is going to take a leap forward in his second year. Under Matt LaFleur, I don't buy the idea that they, like Seattle, are going to be a run-heavy team and hope that they can win with running and defense. I mean, I know that that could be a formula that works in 2020 because of how the season is going to be structured, but I'm just not buying in on the Packers. And I think, you know, they could have easily lost to the Seahawks in the playoffs and they got throttled by the 49ers twice last year. So I will take the Packers to miss the playoffs this coming season, especially given that they just drafted Jordan Love. If things go start off slow, we could see some infighting with Rodgers. Maybe R.J. White's theory comes to fruition and Aaron Rodgers opts out and is like, have fun with Jordan Love, guys. I, I don't know. I just I feel like this is a team primed for regression. But I, I wish they, the, the reason why you would take the Seahawks over the Packers is the division probably. Well, I think most people would agree that Green Bay's record was probably better than what, it, what they showed on the field. Um, their record for the coming season is probably dependent upon how Aaron Rodgers responds to Jordan Love being behind him. If he comes out and plays like a man possessed, you know, they might have a pretty good season. But this is also a team that's better equipped to run the football than they are to, to throw the football right now. Uh, with Minnesota, you know, you lose Kevin Stefanski in the offseason, and I understand he was using Gary Kubiak's um, system for the most part this past season, but that's changed. Uh, that's change that you have to adapt to. There's a new voice leading each meeting. Those are changes that could ultimately have an impact on the upcoming season. Um, I'll choose to use this, this stat now because it is more NFC specific, um, but I'll put you on the spot. So over the past five years, yeah. how many new teams on average have made the playoffs? So they wow. weren't in it the previous year. You're, you're guessing five? Yes. The answer is 5.6. So roughly half the field changes on a yearly basis. I mean, we look at this field right now and we say, there's no way the, the 49ers are, are not going to be in the playoffs. There's no way the Ravens or the Chiefs are not going to be in the playoffs. But history has shown us that there is so much toxicity in the playoffs every given year, specifically within the NFC. So I don't think it's unreasonable at all to say that there's you know, three or four teams that could potentially not make a return in 2021. Yeah. I mean, look, the bears, we, we, because of a certain former member of this podcast who shall remain unnamed or bleeped, 
Uh, we, we like to make fun of the Bears, but I mean, they went eight and eight and they upgraded with Nick Foles, we think, and, or Mitchell Trubisky is going to be, you know, uh, you know, motivated to be better and they have a good defense. So it wouldn't be weird if the Bears won that division and both the Packers and the Vikings missed the playoffs because the NFC West sent three teams. I mean, you could see the Seahawks, Packers and Vikings all missed the playoffs. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be that crazy. I mean, same with the Eagles. I mean, there's just in these divisions, there are enough teams who could jump out. I mean, the Lions could win the, I don't think it's that weird that the Lions could win the division. Maybe the, like, if you want to say the Giants and the Washington football team winning would be weird, that's fine. I think the Lions could win the NFC North. And if they did that and the Bears made it as a wild card, guess who's not making the playoffs? The Packers and the Vikings. And then you got some weird conversations to be had. You know, the Saints, I say, are a lock to make it. I think they will make it. But, you know, the, the freaking Panthers could be more dangerous than we think with Joe Brady and Teddy Bridgewater. They could steal a game from them. The Falcons could bounce back and, and be good. And, and the Buccaneers have Tom Brady. So I don't think anybody in the NFC, as you point out, is safe to make the playoffs. Like I like, even though I would pencil in the 49ers and the Saints, I don't think e- any of them are safe. Like, like just guaranteed locks to make the playoffs. I like, I wouldn't bet on either of those teams that I would need it to be less than 200 odds to make the playoffs for me to put any money down on it. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're certainly not rooting for injury or coronavirus, but that's the reality. I mean, something like that can make yeah. an impact on a season. It wasn't that long ago that drew Brees missed significant time with an injury it was Five games last year. Exactly. And Teddy Bridgewater had to come in. They had a viable replacement at the time. Now you're relying on Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Do you feel as confident? in those guys as, as you did Teddy Bridgewater a year ago. I mean, I'm not, but clearly New Orleans is. So, you know, that's one of many things that could potentially have an impact on the upcoming season. Now watch, watch, I'll go and, and do something stupid, like put, lay down $400 on the Saints to make the playoffs. Like Saints would be minus 400. I'll put down $400 to, or like $4,000 to do it to win a thousand and it'll lose. And then I'll be out $4,000. And I will, uh, need to figure out my financial situation. And to do that, I will be calling Light Street. You'll, You'll probably need me. to find a new place to live too, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, um, yeah, if my wife found out that I lost my, 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 my face on the, the Saints making the playoffs, she would be pretty upset. She would also be like, why Drew Brees? Really? Um, maybe she would make me go call Light Stream. Uh, if you want to save money this summer, why not start by sa- uh, spending less? and paying less interest on your credit card balances. You can refinance with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. It's an easy way to save hundreds to thousands of dollars and lower your interest rate. Lightstream offers fixed rate credit card consolidation loans from 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. It's uh, lower than your average credit card interest rate, which is like, Jacked up to 20% APR at this point. 19%, I think, is the average. Uh, and Lightstream rewards consumers who have good credit with great interest rate and no fees. Get a loan from 5000 to to 100000 You need to get your money as soon as the day that you apply. And if our listeners want to save even more with an additional interest rate discount, they can go to Lightstream.com slash six. That's really easy. Lightstream, L-I-G-H-T. S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash six. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash six for more information. Are the Titans 
are an obvious pick for the AFC, aren't they, Josh? Yeah, I mean, this is a team that, you know, feels like they're stuck in neutral over the past three years. Obviously, they had the deep playoff run this past year, but they can't seem to do better than nine and seven during the regular season, which, you know, there are years that nine and seven is not going to be good enough to get you in the playoffs. Uh, Stephen O., uh, one of our colleagues at CBS Sports, dropped us that the Titans projected win total for this year is eight and a half. Uh, and that's actually in line with what Warren Sharp believes as well. So hmm. they think they're going to come in under nine games this year, which, you know, in, in a tough AFC is probably not going to be good enough to get you there. Um, you know, it is interesting to see how teams will adapt to them this year because after the bye last year, they started using a fullback on 19% of their plays, whereas they didn't use a fullback at all before the bye the first 10 weeks of the year. So, they were much more efficient on offense. They did a better job. They were much more productive. Um, that's why they were so successful down the stretch. But this is nothing new now. Now teams are going to have a chance to adapt to what they've done. Uh, they may stack the box more. What we saw from Ryan Tannehill last year is he struggled to throw to the boundary. So now maybe defenses start playing more up the middle uh, and, and force them to, to, to attack them on the edge because I think that's going to be a weakness potentially for this team this year. You've also got to – replace Jack Conklin on the right side who, you know, has, has missed some time with injury, but is an all pro type right tackle. So Isaiah Wilson was a great player. I thought the first round was a little bit too early for him. Um, but eventually he can grow into one of those types of players, but it's going to take some time. So that's why for me, Tennessee is a team that, um, you know, could potentially take a step back. Now, if they, if they get Jadevian Clowney, um, I think that's, that would make a tremendous impact on their season, especially with everything that's kind of going on with Vic Beasley. So I'm kind of curious to see how that situation plays out, but that's a team that you really have to watch. And the AFC is one that could potentially not return. Yeah. I think Tennessee, I know breach who is a Titans Homer likes to point out that the Titans go nine and seven every year. And that's sort of his argument for why the Titans will go nine and seven again and make the playoffs. That's a bad argument. They, they just go nine and seven and they do sort of go nine and seven every year under Mike Vrabel. Uh, I think he is, yeah, two years as head coach, nine and seven both years, third in the division two years ago and did not make the playoffs. Um, you know, the Jaguars are sort of a wild card here. We don't think they're going to be good, but if Gardner Minshew makes a leap forward at, at all, that becomes problematic for Tennessee. Houston has Bill O'Brien, but they also have Deshaun Watson. They have Bill O'Brien, the GM, and Bill, Bill O'Brien, the coach is pretty good. They, they've, They've won a lot of games with Deshaun Watson and then the, the Colts upgraded to Phillip Rivers. So I, I just think the Titans, again, I, I'm with you, are an obvious candidate to sort of fall back. Not because I don't like their players or what they do or their coaching staff. I do. I think they have great players. I love AJ Brown. Like he's, uh, like, like one of my, or I guess would be a second child. But the thing with the Titans is that if the defense takes a step back and the running game isn't efficient, Ryan Tannehill is going to have to throw a lot more. Now, maybe that causes his stats to go up, and he has great volume stats, but it's going to reduce his efficiency, and it's going to make them less likely, I think, to be – I just don't know that what we saw from Ryan Tannehill when he took over for Marcus Mariota last year is sustainable over the course of an entire season. And this is a team that played really, really well down the stretch but was not very good out of the gates. And I, I, I just, I, I think that they are a very good choice to potentially miss the playoffs because I think the division is tougher. I got the Colts as the favorite and 
Um, you know, like yeah. I said, the, Ra- the Ravens and the Chiefs are the obvious teams that you wouldn't want to leave out. Uh, but the Titans and the Texans in that division with the, you know, with the, with sort of the losses that they had. And I know the Titans, you know, kept Derrick Henry and kept Ryan Tannehill, but Dean Pease is a big loss in my opinion. Mike, that's asking Mike Vrabel to do a lot more if he's going to be calling the defensive plays. Um, and the Texans lose DeAndre Hopkins, you know, that's a, that's an easy one for me too. So I, I think that would be, I don't want to bet against Deshaun Watson, but I think the Texans might be my pick if I were, if I were going with some. Yeah. Real quick, I'll, I'll say the, the Titans were the third healthiest team in football mm. last season too. So, I mean, this is a game of luck. You know, you may have a good training staff, but you can't always rely on being healthy. And you mentioned Dean Pease. Are you I mean, going off? Of, are you going? Are you going off of um, Football Outsiders for that? Or uh, I was going, going off Warren Sharp. Warren Sharp. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 either one. Yeah, but I mean, either way, Tennessee checks out as uh, adjusted games lost, ranks third. Yeah, adjusted games lost for for anybody who hadn't listened to this podcast enough, um, or you know. Previously, football outsiders tracks how many games are lost by starters on a year-to-year basis. This almost inevitably regresses to the mean. There are two exceptions, Josh, over the past 10 years in which teams do not regress to the mean when it comes to this. That is the Washington football team and the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers. It is of my opinion, my non-medical opinion, that both of those teams have operated with questionable training staff for the last 10 years and as a result continue to suffer injuries to starters. Now the red, the Washington football team has completely changed over their training staff. They brought in Ryan Vermillion from Carolina. So I think things could be better for them this coming year. But once again, Washington was 31st and the Chargers were 30th. They have never in my, to my knowledge, been up like in the top half of the league in terms of getting lucky with injuries. Um, you see it with Tampa Bay two years ago. They're 30th in, a, in adjusted games lost. They lose 105.6 adjusted games lost in 2018. Last year, they're second with 39 and a half. It's, it is a marker for potential regression and not to hijack your point, but Tennessee third last year, it stands to reason that they could regress a little bit there. Right. Minnesota, I mean, that's by, the Minnesota first, by the way. That's important context. And, and, and you look at the key veterans that they've lost too. I mean, you traded Jarrell Casey. I, that's, that's a big loss. Yeah, people underestimate how good he has been. I mean, he's a consistent performer for them. They lost Delaney Walker, who, you know, of course he's been injured, but that's another veteran. Wesley Woodyard, I mean, he's not a big name, but his impact on that team from a leadership standpoint is tough to be measured. He He's a guy that is well-respected in that locker room. You lose Logan Ryan, you lose Marcus Mariota, you lose Jack Conklin, as I alluded to earlier. That's a lot of pieces from last year's team that are gone. So, look, we're in the unenviable position of saying that, you know, maybe these teams are not going to return to the playoffs. We just have to look at the facts. The reality is that there's a lot of turnover on an annual basis, and Tennessee makes sense as one of the most likely to not return in 2021. Yeah, and really quickly looking at Justice game lost. Minnesota first, Tampa Bay second, Tennessee third, Dallas four, Atlanta five. People are like – Falcons just can't stay healthy. It's like they were healthy last year. Uh, Seattle six, another marker for regressions. Cleveland seven, New Orleans eight, even with the Drew Brees losses, Pittsburgh nine, and the Rams are 10. Um, you know, Houston was actually, where was Houston? Houston's 19th and they were 20th, 21st before. So they're sort of floating around the middle. But I do think when you look at the Texans as a team that could potentially miss the playoffs, it, it just feels like 
to me, when you start to take a team and continually remove first round picks over a lengthy course of time, or like whether you're missing on first round picks, we talked about this with the Jets and the Browns, or you don't have first round picks. And I know they acquired players for some of these guys. At some point it adds up because first round picks buoy your roster with high end talent at a, at a, at a cost controlled level. Like it is imperative that you hit on first round picks in the NFL. They're very, very valuable. Uh, Bill O'Brien doesn't appear to think that they are quite as valuable. And I get that Larry Tunsil is a great player, but now he's soaking up a crazy amount of your salary cap space. Deshaun Watson wants a deal. He hasn't been a bastion of health throughout his career. They, by all accounts, are going to go with um, a David Johnson-centered run game. We don't know that David Johnson's going to be David Johnson again. Bill O'Brien apparently thinks so, but that's sort of taking a leap of faith. And then their wide receivers, who I actually don't dislike at all, but it's uh, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, and Kenny Stills. Those guys all have in common that they are deep burners. So, is Deshaun, my concern with the Texans is that Deshaun, it appears that it's going to be David Johnson tries to run. And if he can't be effective in the run game, they're going to ask Deshaun Watson to drop back, hold the ball for a while, throw vertically and or make plays in a creative fashion. Now he is great at both of those things, but both of those things endanger a quarterback's body. And I'm not predicting an injury, but I would say if that is indeed the offensive game plan, and then he want Deshaun Watson to hold the ball longer, then I am concerned for Deshaun Watson's health in 2020. And if Deshaun Watson isn't healthy, this team ain't making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think Deshaun Watson is a magician with the football, but, you know, this offensive line should be improved this upcoming season. But to say, at the same time, Watson held the ball in the pocket more than most quarterbacks last season. I mean, that's, that's going to be yeah. an issue whether you have a good offensive line or not. So – um, and then you look at their schedule this past season. They had an easy slate of passing offenses that they faced. So you can kind of expect their defense to regress this upcoming season. Um, you know, and they've got a tough schedule. In addition to an improved Colts team, uh, which I think we both agree that they are going to be improved with with Phillip Rivers, a more consistent yeah. passer under center. Um, they've Even got a the non-homer would agree that, like exactly, yeah. Yeah. And then they've got the, they've got the Ravens. They've got the Chiefs. They've got the Steelers. I mean, it is a tough, uh, murderer's row in terms of schedules. It's, it's going to be difficult for them to replicate what they did a year ago. And, you know, what's crazy. You talk about those running backs, those wide receivers. They spend the third most salary cap space on running backs. They spend the sixth most salary cap space on wide receivers. Sands DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you you get rid of him, but you're still spending a lot of money because Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb. I mean, they've got big deals, um, and that averages up. So, you know, eventually you're going to have to pay Deshaun Watson, and you look at those two positions. With as much as they're spending, do either of those units inspire confidence to you? No, neither one does. No. And by the way, let's give credit to Diva. Uh, Diva, I don't know. Did you do – there's – you can always tell when there's – so for whatever reason, researchers, Josh, love to do – what is the the typewriter font? I don't know what it is, but whatever – like research guys love that font. Have you noticed that? It looks so, more official, yeah. It makes me wonder – This I'm looking at our rundown, and there is a, a, a cornucopia of information and nuggets in this rundown. 
compiled, I believe, by Debo, but I don't think created by Debo. Am I correct there? Filtered and compiled, but shout out to our research team. I'm not in any way disparaging your work. No, no, I am. I'm dishing it. I'm assisting it to the research team who does a great job, but I think it's interesting with that text. You can tell on that just like – you're able to tell the text when I copy from Pro Football Talk or CBSSports.com or ESPN.com or NFL. My Florio does double spaces between sentences. It drives me insane. What This is 2020, Florio. What are you doing? Um, but, yeah, so you can tell that this is a research thing. And I think it's interesting because playoff teams over the last five years with a negative point differential, um, you have uh, – I'm going to confirm that this team did – okay, good. All right. Here are the teams that have done it. The 2016 Detroit Lions, negative 12 point differential. In 2017, they did go nine and seven, but missed the playoffs. Right? That's it's worth noting. Uh, the 2016 Miami Dolphins, remember Gase, that luck box team, negative 17 point differential. They missed the playoffs next year. Duh. 2016 Houston Texans, negative 49 point differential and went to the playoffs. Insane. They missed it next year after drafting Deshaun Watson when he tore his ACL. So a little tricky there, but we knew that team was primed to regress, and they won four games and had to hand the the Cleveland Browns a bunch of good draft picks. The 2007 Tennessee Titans, negative 22-point differential, missed in 2018, but did go 9-7, first year with Mike Vrabel. 2017 Buffalo Bills, minus 57. The easiest pick for this column in the history of this column was the 2018 Buffalo Bills. They weren't going to the playoffs. Anyone could have told you that. And they didn't. And then the next team on that list, the 2019 Houston Texans. History tells us that these teams, they had a negative point differential last year and went to the playoffs. They are due to regress. So I will absolutely hammer the Texans. Will the Bills make the playoffs? I don't know. We'll tell you in less than 60 seconds after this break. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today. So the Bills went 10-6 and six last year, lost their wild card game to the Houston Texans, who we mentioned before, because Josh Allen went insane in, in in the final run. Two of the past three years, they've made the playoffs under Sean McDermott. Very impressive. They are probably, within the next week, going to be the favorite. We'll see what happens with the opt-out stuff. But I would guess that coming out of the opt-outs with all the losses for the Patriots, they'll be either tied or they'll be the favorite or tied to be the favorite to win that division. They add Stephon Diggs this offseason in, in a trade before the draft. A.J. Klein. I mean, that's a division winner right there. They did lose Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson. They also picked up a bunch of former Carolina Panthers, Josh Norman, Daryl Williams, Vernon Butler, and Mario Addison. That is a lot of former Panthers. They believe, as Matthew Fairburn pointed out on our Bills podcast from this earlier this offseason, that by bringing in those guys, 
it helps culture. You shortened off season, you know the guys, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Josh, do you think the Bills are a candidate to miss the playoffs? I think they're a candidate. Uh, they're probably the least likely candidate to, that we've discussed this far because the AFC East. Your, all right, your life is on the line. Bills or Patriots miss the playoffs. That's the, that's I don't the know thing. why that's we threaten to, threaten to kill so many. It's like, your life is on the line. It's like, can't you be my house is on the line or like my car? Like, what my life? That, that's the, that's the pandemic seeping in. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly right. You can't bet against Bill Belichick. It just doesn't work. You know, that's, uh, that's fool's gold. I don't, you know, so I would still be inclined to take the Patriots, especially if Cam Newton is truly healthy, yeah. uh, because I have so much respect for Bill Belichick. But if you look at the teams, Buffalo has a better team. So this is the most difficult to defend because of the Patriots, but the rest of that division is wide open. I mean, it's entirely possible that they could win the division. Um, now it's entirely possible that they miss it all together because if the Patriots win the division, it's reasonable to see potentially three teams come out of the AFC North or two teams come out of the AFC West. Those are, you know, actual possibilities. So you have to consider all that when you look at teams that could potentially regress this coming season. Um, you know, I don't want to carry the torch of uh, Josh Allen hatred from, you know, he sh- who shall not be named on this podcast. Mm. But, uh, you know, I have my doubts about Josh Allen. We kind of saw. From Beep, Wagner, McBeep. <laughs> exactly. Bleep, so Bleep, Wagner, McBleep. The way that, uh, you know, that, that last playoff game played out, it's ingrained into my memory. I mean, that's the most recent memory that we have of this Buffalo team. And, you know, I don't know if that's going to be enough to get them over the hump. I respect their, the Bills Mafia, uh, one of the most passionate fan bases in the league. But the reality is they are a candidate to potentially not return to the playoffs in 2020. Um, mm. You know, I would like to see them use more play action this upcoming season with Stephon Diggs. In the mix, I mean, they were incredibly successful with three or four wide receivers on the field last season. Um, you know, I thought when Brian Dayball went uh, up to the box, they they looked a lot better on offense. They used a lot more um, eleven personnel, but you know that. And these are all stats regurgitated from uh, Warren Football or you know Warren Sharp. But um, you know, teams they see these changes and eventually they're going to adapt to them. So I'm curious to see how teams adapt. To that this coming season, but they've got a tough schedule past defense this coming year. And if Allen is one of my biggest concerns, then it makes sense that, you know, they would be a potential candidate to not return to the playoffs. Yeah. I, I don't disagree that if, if Josh Allen is somebody that you are concerned with, then you should be wary about the bills possibly making the postseason again. That, that is a perfectly reasonable stance to take. I would counter by saying that I think what the bills have built out around Josh Allen gives them a really high floor. Now, it's not, you know, like, it's not the Chiefs roster. You know, it's not this speed-filled, like, great, like fun weaponry stuff. But, you know, they added uh, Zach Moss in, in the draft this year. Well, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he's more maybe more of a grinder than, than Devin Singletary. I think it, it compliments him well. They, they're probably giving the Frank Gore role, right? right. Uh, you know, you've got Allen, who... It never has a 300 yard, 300 passing yard game in his career, which is kind of a crazy thing to say, but now you have Stefan Diggs there, Cole Beasley, um, John Brown, Dawson Knox. I think all of those pieces on offense fit very well and they've, de- they've developed this blue collar under the radar offensive line that has cohesiveness, even if it, it doesn't, you know, considered like one of the best units in the league. And then defensively, I just think when you look at the Bills, they have 
underrated superstar potential at every single level. Yeah. You have Ed Oliver, who I think is a sleeper to win defensive player of the year. He's a mo- monster in waiting. Vernon Butler is a nice little supplement they picked up this offseason. Um, you know, Trent Murphy, AJ, uh, who they got from Washington a few years ago, uh, AJ Epinesa, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. Again, like not, it's not like, eye-popping pass rushers, but Sean McDermott is a really good defensive coach and we'll get a lot out of them. Tremaine Edmonds, I, I point out, I think he's like, I would, he's the only other guy I would give him a Holmes contract to because he's so young and so talented. And then Tredavious White, uh, you know, not to, not to, you know, dig back into Patrick Walker's cornerback rankings and, and bash him further, but he, he was ranked him wrong. He's a top five cornerback mm-hmm. in the NFL for sure. Um, you know, Micah Hyde and Jordan, Jordan Poirier on the back end. You, know, you add Josh Norman, I, I can like he doesn't need to be the number one guy and he knows the system. There is a lot to like about this team and they're coached really well. So to me, the floor for this team is probably eight wins if everything goes wrong. So I would not put them on the list to miss the playoffs. I would almost rather, I think it's less likely, I think it's more likely that Cam Newton gets hurt then Josh Allen just completely implodes and, and the Bills can't win games. So I would almost rather take the Patriots to miss the playoffs than the Bills. That sounds insane. Not at all. I mean, look, I love this roster that, that Brandon Bean has constructed. Um, I do think they have one of the better young collections of talents in the league. My point is essentially I can't bet against Bill Belichick until I see it. Um, you know, it, it's like seeing ghosts, you know, you don't, and that's, that's not a, that's Sam that's Darnold joke. Yeah. It wasn't a Sam Darnold joke, but uh, you know, you don't believe in ghosts unless you see one. And until I see Bill Belichick kind of struggle um, in the regular season, I can't believe it, you know? So I would not be surprised if Buffalo makes the playoffs. They would certainly be, um, you know, the least, they would, they would be the lowest on this list for me in terms of, uh, you know, who might make the return next next year because I do feel strongly about their roster. But the reality is, like I said, there's there's just so much turnover on an annual basis and it's gotta be somebody. So I can yeah, see- I mean so like you're if you're picking let's say you're picking six teams total. Yeah. I think it's probably more likely that you get four out of the NFC than the AFC. Just because of the Ravens and Chiefs factor. Like right, something right. has to go very, very wrong for the Ravens and Chiefs to miss the playoffs. And it it's possible it could happen. Um, so then you're really looking at two teams. I mean, I think it, I don't think it's crazy to suggest that the Ravens, Chiefs, Patriots, and Bills could all make the playoffs, and then tight. And you just see total turnover in the AFC South. You know? No, I think yeah, I think that's or, or uh, like the AFC, like the Steelers and the and the Browns take a leap forward, or the Bengals take take a leap forward and knock out you know some of and and, and then like one team from the AFC South makes. It. I, I think that's. Maybe more likely. I don't. I. I don't want to call the the Bills aren't a lock to make the playoffs, but man, I just do not want to bet against them. I don't take issue with that whatsoever. Like I said, I think they have a good team. I think there's a, a solid chance they do return to the playoffs. But um, you know, when you're talking about top ten list, top one hundred list that we've seen this year, the whole argument is that once you add somebody to the playoffs. There has to be a, you know, a counteractive measure to where you remove somebody from the playoffs. And, you know, I can see three or four teams in the NFC regressing and not being included in 2021. Just to me, I think there's the, there's a path that the Bills do not return as well. Absolutely. There is absolutely a path where the Bills don't make the playoffs. I just think they have a, a high floor. I would, I'll put this out too. This is just a local number that I found. 
Um, the Bills minus 182, yes to make the playoffs, plus 130, no to miss the play, no to make the playoffs. Um, the Patriots minus 200, yes. So it's two to one, one to two that they would make the playoffs. Um, and then, or two to one, two to you know what I'm saying? Minus 200. Right. You gotta yeah. bet 200 to win 100 if they make the playoffs. Plus 141 to miss. The Texans are actually favored to miss. Plus 146, uh, and then minus 189 to, no, so plus 146 to make, minus 189 to miss. That's convoluted, but I think, I think the point came across. Um, other teams on here that are favored to make, like it's, in other words, the, the book thinks it's likely they will make the playoffs. The Vikings minus 141. A little surprised by that. Don't have the Packers on here for some reason. The Eagles minus 200. Just thinking about teams we talked about. The Buccaneers minus 200. The Chiefs, for instance, are minus 1,111. Like they're making the playoffs. Don't, don't bet on that. You'll end up in that light stream situation if you bet on that. Or you, you'll end up just having to hold on to cash for a while. Um, okay. Is there anybody else? That we left off. I don't think so. I mean, the Patriots. I mean, wouldn't the Patriots be the the other team? I guess. Yeah, I mean, we've we've directly or indirectly mentioned over half the field at this point. So, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta exactly. Find you know, there's teams that are not going to return. I think it's entirely possible that the Patriots are one of them. Um, you know, you lose Tom Brady, who's of course a great player, but an even more important member of that locker room. Uh, we've seen so many changes in terms of the amount of leadership, the, the kind of players that play the Patriot way um, that have been shown the door this offseason, whether it was a Landon Roberts, um, Kyle Van Noy. You know, you lose Jamie Collins. You've, you lost Trey Flowers last year. So whether it was this year or last year, this team has lost a lot of players. And then you factor in the opt-outs. Marcus Cannon, Brandon Bolden, um, you know, Patrick Chung, you've got – uh, Dante Hightower. I mean, those are huge pieces of that team. So uh, whether it's the Bills, whether it's the Patriots, I can see a case either way. I just I can't bet against Bill Belichick. I think that's uh, probably a losing strategy, as we've seen over the past couple of decades. Yeah, and again, yeah, a team could go 8-8 eight and eight and get in the playoffs. And if Cam Newton is healthy, yeah. the Patriots could be kind of scary. And the Patriots still have plenty of good players, even if Dante, Dante Hightower and Patrick Trump are gone. I'm with you. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't fade the Patriots. To, I mean, fade the Patriots at your own peril. I think is 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 the lesson that Bill Belichick has taught us. He's not rolling over to to just lose this season. Um, okay, that's it. That's the show. Josh Edwards, good to have you on, buddy. Great talk. I like. Uh, I think we're on the same page here. I will say this, and I can put it at the end of the podcast because people don't people get mad if I say like I don't. You, I mean, it's August. It's August fifth when people are listening to this. On a, in a normal year, I mean, like, I'm fe- like, I'm like, all I'm thinking about is football and like futures. And I look at those numbers on make miss the playoffs. And I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't bet them, but I mean, I, it just feels very, very far away. That makes sense. It doesn't, football doesn't feel as close as it should. We're a month away from the football season, like a month and five days away. And it doesn't feel like 35 days away from football. Yeah, I think we're all kind of, you know, waiting with bated breath to see what happens with Major League Baseball. You know, we've seen a couple teams with with outbreaks at this point. Uh, we've seen the players' frustration in, in the NFL with some of the protocols and, you know, things that have been in place. And we, it sounds like a lot of that stuff has been smoothed over. But 
there's no preseason. So that means that teams are not getting an opportunity to run through their game day protocols if they are going to have fans in the stands in any capacity this, this coming season, even if it's only 25%. Um, you know, I think it's entirely possible that they, they make even that change. Um, so there's a lot that has to play out. It's a month and five days away, like you said, but it feels like eternity. Actually, I was talking to, to Debo about this uh, yesterday. Um, you know, the past year has flown by so quick, and at the same time it has came to a complete halt. Like the last four months feels like 10 years, but the last year has felt like six months. It, it's kind of tough to explain that both parallels have, have kind of happened, but um, it's been a weird year. I think that kind of makes it difficult to evaluate from a, um, you know, football futures standpoint, from a gambling perspective, fantasy perspective. It's a wild year, but, uh, you know, it's, it's all about how you adapt. And, you know, at, at CBS Sports, that's all we do is we adapt. Yeah, we adapt and we grind. And we try and keep going through this daily podcast. People are like, what do you, what do you do every day? I'm like, it's Groundhog Day. I wake up, I podcast, and then we go on. It's like a weird, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's a weird, it's very weird because this is the time of the season where you feel like you, know, you go through this slog and it's like finally you emerged ready for the next season and, and yet it feels very far away. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now. We're going to go away. Great show, Josh. Glad to see you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.